VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And welcome to Crosstalk for a News Roundup Friday here today on the broadcast. We're so grateful for your tuning in. Uh, not only today, but every day here at uh, 2 o'clock Central, 3 Eastern, noon Pacific for Crosstalk as we cover a number of issues, topics uh, of, of vital importance uh, for the Christian community. Uh, by the way, had quite an interesting interview yesterday, Instincts by Design, with Howard Callahan. And uh, if you missed that program, we'd encourage you to go to our site, crosstalkamerica.com, and listen to it to find out all of these instincts uh, with humans, with animals. And we just touched on many. We had so many more to talk about, but uh, it is in his book. And yesterday, as we offered the book here through our VCY Bookstore, told their phone was ringing off the hook and uh, weren't able to handle, process all the calls. A lot of people got busy signals, so you can reach out to them again today. This is good through November 30th, uh, vcy.com, vcy.com, or one 722 Four eight two nine. Well, friends, we do have a news roundup here today on the broadcast and much taking place. We're going to begin with a story on CBN about the Israel Defense Forces finding an operational terror tunnel shaft on the grounds of the Shifa Hospital. Israel's been asserting that tunnels under the hospital are part of Hamas's terror command center. They also discovered a booby-trapped vehicle containing a large amount of weapons. The State Department says it's because of Hamas's strategy that it's difficult for Israel to avoid civilian casualties. Remember that it is Hamas that is putting, out, uh, putting all these people in harm's way, said State Department spokesperson Matt Miller. In an interview with CBS News, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that they have concrete evidence that terror chieftains were lead, uh, hiding in the hospital and fled when Israeli troops entered. He also said they believe the hostages were there. Also from Israel National News, rockets were found inside a bed in a child's bedroom inside the house of a Hamas terrorist during operational activity carried out by the troops. Uh, the terrorist was a part of a Hamas terrorist cell. During the operational activity, they uncovered a significant amount of weapons, including rockets, explosive devices, dozens of kilos of explosives. In addition, the IDF discloses a recorded conversation between two Islamic Jihadi terrorists in which the terrorists described how weapons are transferred, even using baby strollers. Baby strollers. An Israeli uh, Defense Force spokesman said mortar shells and other weapons were dis recovered by soldiers in schools in the Gaza Strip, according to Fox News. The IDF released video showing a stash of weapons placed next to what it was called a kindergarten classroom. The IDF said, quote, IDF troops located dozens of mortar shells that were hidden by Hamas in the kindergarten in the northern Gaza Strip. In addition, IDF troops located numerous Hamas weapons uh, hidden in the elementary school. Okay, let's uh, take a look here from foxnews.com. Police have arrested a pro-Palestinian college uh, professor in California uh, in the death of a 69-year-old Jewish man at con concurrent pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrations on November the 5th. Uh, one was taken into custody on Thursday, yesterday charged with involuntary manslaughter and battery causing great harm, injury, and incarcerated at Ventura County Jail on $1 million bail, according to a Ventura County Sheriff's Department press release. Investigators with the department allege that the pro-Palestinian protester caused the pro-Israeli one to knock his head onto the concrete when he fell, which resulted in brain hemorrhaging that would kill him hours later in the hospital. Well, a story on free, the Washington Free Beacon indicates that George Soros, yes, George Soros, his funding groups behind the DNC riot where protesters assaulted police officers, protesters with If Not Now, Jewish Voice for Peace, and the Democratic Socialist of America gathered outside the Democratic headquarters to pressure lawmakers to support a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. According to U.S. Capitol Police, six officers were assaulted, including some who were pepper sprayed when they tried to prevent demonstrations from blocking an exit from the building with a dumpster. Officers arrested uh, uh, a man, a 24-year-old, who punched a female officer in the face. 
And it was found that Soros' Philanthropy Open Society Foundation has given $650,000 to Jewish Voice for Peace since 2017 to fund the group's, quote, human rights work in the Middle East. Open Society has also awarded $400,000 to If Not Now in 2019 and 2021, the Washington Free Beacon is reporting. As we take a look here from FoxNews.com, Representative Rashida Tlaib is part of a secret uh, social media group in which its members have glamorized Hamas in its war battle with Israel after the terror group attacked and killed hundreds of innocent Israeli civilians last month. The Michigan Democrat, a member of the Palestinian American Congress group on Facebook. It's a group that's hidden from non-members, does not appear on the platform search engine, though Fox News Digital was able to gain access to it. The group's founder, Maher Abdel Kadar, who has uh, extensive ties to Tlaib and has been linked to other liberal politicians, has come under fire in the past for his anti-Semitic social media posts, including questioning if the Holocaust ever occurred. Also interesting, the U.S. is on alert for terrorists. America is on the wake of the October 7th Hamas terror attacks on Israel, reports CBN. The directors of the FBI and Homeland Security were in front of Congress Wednesday warning Americans to stay vigilant given the situation in the Middle East. We'd like to just uh, play a little bit of what Christopher Wray had to say. Tonight, another stark warning from the top ranks in Washington. The U.S. is on alert for terrorists following the October 7th attacks on Israel. The FBI and Homeland Security directors appeared in front of Congress today with a warning for Americans to stay vigilant while the situation in the Middle East escalates. CBN Capitol Hill correspondent Matt Galka joins us with more on the global threats. Matt. Well, John and Jenna, those most responsible for protecting the country fear lone wolf attacks could happen here based on anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, or just hate for America. The overarching message for Americans, be on the lookout. In a year where the terrorism threat was already elevated, the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. A stark warning from FBI Director Christopher Wray, who also confirmed multiple investigations are underway nationwide into individuals who may have connections to Hamas. Our most immediate concern is that individuals or small groups will draw twisted inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks here at home. That concern quickly shifted the conversation to the southern border because nearly 200 people on the terror watch list have been encountered there. 200 is alarming to me. Does that give you concern? Certainly, the numbers give us concern. Uh, I think it's important, though, in some ways um, to realize that numbers alone don't even really tell the problem. We've all seen how much damage just a small number uh, of foreign terrorists could cause. I mean, sometimes people, as crazy as it sounds, tend to forget that it was 19 people who killed 3,000 people. That was the next point I was going to make. It only took 19 to create 9-11. And while all of this does sound indeed very scary, one point Ray did stress to the American people is is that they should continue to live their lives, but there should also be a heightened awareness. Officials also stressed that there's no verified, credible threat to the country right now. And that story again coming from CBN. And uh, now from jihadwatch.org, the BBC continues to be a station for Hamas propaganda dissemination. BBC Arabic served as a platform for Hamas political bureau member Musa, uh, that's rather Musa Abu Marzouk, to tell the Arabic-speaking world that the 239 Israeli hostages in Gaza, including babies, toddlers, teens, and elderly who were brutally kidnapped by Hamas terrorists on October 7th, are actually, quote, guests of Hamas. Marzouk further used the BBC platform to claim that Hamas is treating them as we treat our sons, our children, and our wives, and even stated that Hamas wants to release them if, well, if only Israel agrees to a ceasefire. Breitbart is reporting newly confirmed uh, chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General 
Charles Q. Brown Jr. is pressuring Israel to give up on the idea of eliminating the Palestinian terrorist group Hamas, claiming a prolonged war risks turning more of the Palestinian population into terrorists. General Brown, whose nomination stalled amid concerns about his woke record, included uh, support for Black Lives Matter radicals and racial promotions in the military, expressed skepticism despite rapid Israeli gains on the ground against Hamas. Also from CBN News, uh, the tone was cordial. It looked like a thaw in the brewing Cold uh, War between the U.S. and China. Then after the summit, Joe Biden called the Chinese president a dictator, and China vowed to take over Taiwan. Well, they agreed on a new push to crack down on the export of the deadly drug fentanyl from China to the U.S., President Jinping said China is ready to be a partner and friend of the United States. Foreign businesses and capital have been fleeing China at a record pace. The two leaders also agreed to resume military-to-military communications after they were cut off last year. Tensions erupted, though, when Biden was asked uh, whether he trusts President Xi and quoted Ronald Reagan saying, trust but verify. As the old saying goes, my responsibility is to make this uh, rational and manageable so it doesn't result in conflict, Biden said. Uh, we also, uh, things got a little bit hotter when a reporter asked the president if he would still refer to Xi as a dictator. After today, would you still refer to President Xi as a dictator? This is a term uh, that you used earlier this year. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he, he is a guy who runs a country that is a foreign country that based on a former government totally different than ours. Anyway, he may say... Well, the Chinese government responded swiftly and forcefully, calling the dictator label extremely wrong and vowing China would be unstoppable in eventually retaking Taiwan, something President Biden has vowed to stand against. Also, the Epic Times is reporting that uh, the Chinese consulate paid demonstrators to welcome the communist leader in San Francisco. Greeters who were on hand for Xi Jinping's arrival in San Fran pocketed hundreds of dollars with an all-expense-paid trip that brought them from the other, other side of the U.S. to some participants, observers, and screenshots of social media conversations ahead of this uh, summit. Many pro-Beijing demonstrators donned red caps or uniforms, waving red flags, saturating the blockaded streets with the color closely associated with uh, communism. It was hard to even spot a, a United States flag in that. Um, also, as been reported by Todd Starnes, U.S. service member was forced to hold a Chinese flag. The outrage has been significant. According to the Department of Defense guidelines, there's no way that young service member should have been holding the flag of the enemy. Regulations state that service members in uniform and in an official capacity must not carry flags of foreign nations, veterans groups, or other non-military organizations. Earlier in the visit, many San Francisco streets were lined with the Chinese flag. And as Todd reports, not a single American flag could be seen. It was as if the Bay Area had been invaded and conquered. And uh, the House chairman is condemning businesses. Uh, This is uh, Chairman Gallagher. House chairman uh, is uh, condemning Um, and wanting a list of executives who would pay $40,000 to dine with the Chinese president. In letters dated November 13th to the leaders of two American business associations, Representative Gallagher criticized American business executives for paying thousands of dollars to have dinner with communist Chinese party officials involved in human rights abuses. He said it's unconscionable that American companies might pay thousands of dollars to join a welcome dinner hosted by the very same CCP officials who have facilitated a genocide against millions of innocent men, women, and children. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY America Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, what was early man like? Chris, early man was, of course, Genesis man, Adam and his descendants. But evolutionists have a different idea. They claim that the animals gave rise to the humankind. But as near as we can tell, man has always been intelligent and advanced. In 1991, the frozen carcass of a man who died over 3,000 years ago was found in Austria. Evolutionists expected that people from that era were rather primitive. 
But this guy had a framed backpack. A copper axe was carrying dried fruit and other foods. A fire starting kit and a first aid kit. He had a bow made out of the best wood available. He was fully human. And that's the biblical view. Man was created in Genesis, descended from Adam and Noah, fully human from the start. And that's the back to Genesis truth. For more information, visit our website at icr.org. It's a News Roundup Friday here on Crosstalk. And, uh, friends, much going on in the news this week, certainly, as we continue to keep our eye on Israel, what's taking place there. Also, the summit held in San Francisco uh, here with uh, uh, the Chinese president and uh, uh, U.S. president. Uh, CNS News is reporting that China's state-controlled media are mocking, mocking how San Francisco's drug, filth, and homeless problems miraculously disappeared overnight ahead of this summit. San Francisco's clean streets and the disappearance of homeless people demonstrate the city has the ability to address the malaise, but only seems willing to do so when an international summit is approaching rather than for the sake of its own people, they reported. Also, the Global Times posted before and after photos of a street in the city first published by the San Francisco Standard. The photos were also widely circulated by China's largest government-controlled social media outlet as well. And the Epic Times is reporting pertaining to China that they are setting out to mass-produce human-like robots in two years. It's an ambitious plan that, according to a blueprint issued by the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, is hoping will make the regime in Beijing the leader in the field of robotics. Very interesting indeed. Well, friends, uh, Christmas under attack. And uh, yesterday we were able to uh, catch up with uh, constitutional attorney Matt Staver to find out what is happening in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Here's that interview. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there is no shortage of efforts being made to stamp out Christmas. Yes, already it's been going on this year. And uh, such is the case in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, where a memo to city employees to be inclusive and refrain from using religious decorations solely associated with Christmas. You know, folks, they've even been told to avoid the colors of red and green. Well, our friends at Liberty Council got involved, and now Wauwatosa is doing some backtracking. So with the story, we welcome here to Crosstalk Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Matt, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Good to be with you, Jim. So unfold for us the story of what began with uh, instruction from the city of Wauwatosa's deputy city administrator. Yeah, the memo went out on November the 9th to the city employees, and it instructed them that they needed to be inclusive, and that they needed to practice equity no less than nine times in this memo. And regarding Christmas decorations, no red and green. Anything that was traditionally associated with Christmas, well, that could be offensive, and it would not be inclusive of everyone. So you need to have decorations that included everyone, so consequently no red and green. Amazingly, they actually gave some examples. They had a list of, quote, acceptable decorations, close quote. That's their words. So you could have a winter wonderland with snowflakes, snow people. No, not yeah. a snowman. They wouldn't snow say snowman. That's not gender correct. Huh? <laughs> no, it's snow people they had, right? not a snowman. And so you can see where this is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said other uh, non-religious symbols associated with winter are fine. And, uh, of course, no red and green because that's traditionally associated with Christmas. But listen to this. This is very odd. The Northern Lights, this is their words now. This is one of the acceptable decorations. You can use the Northern Lights, and it says, quote, draw inspiration from the Aurora Borealis and incorporate colors like blue, green, and purple. Notice red's not there. But last time I checked on the Aurora Borealis, sometimes it does include red and green. Mm -hmm. But red and green are not permissible. So as a result of this memo, we sent a demand letter to the city officials in Wauwatosa saying this is unconstitutional, and it also violates the rights of employees. Fortunately, they quickly backed down, but this is the absurd beginning of this censorship that we've already seen happen even before Thanksgiving, and this happened on November the 9th when it was sent out with regards to Christmas. Now, Matt, this letter that went out from the deputy city administrator, it it was not like this email or this memo is coming out as a suggestion to everybody. I mean, those who received it, they felt this was a mandate coming down on them. Oh, yeah. This, in fact, uh, sounded like a mandate to them as well. There was no suggestion of, 
what you might do to not, quote, offend someone or make things inclusive in their view. It was this is what has to be done. And you need to have inclusivity. You need to have equity and nothing that would be associated with a traditional celebration or decoration of Christmas. So anything that's traditional Mm -hmm. related to Christmas, that would mean nothing that's related to Christmas, including red and green. It's not permissible. And so the employees clearly understood this as a mandate that was an employment requirement. And uh, so, as you mentioned, Liberty Council contacted them, and you gave them a demand letter, basically cease and desist from from such an unconstitutional action here. And and uh, it didn't take too long for that backpedaling to to happen, because now the city administrator is actually sent out. Well, this was not a policy directive or a requirement. Um, you know, these these were more just kind of suggestions that you need to be more inclusive in thinking about these things. Yeah, in fact, this particular sentence is pretty clear how much they backtracked. They said, you know, after considering others, making employees aware that they are free to decorate in the manner they have historically decorated, Hmm. or they can alter their decorations to be more inclusive at their discretion. So this is a total 180-degree backtrack, which I'm glad we gave them a time frame in our demand letter Within 24 hours, uh, they responded to the uh, response that we laid out. And, you know, one of the things that we laid out is not only it's unconstitutional under the previous law, under the so-called lemon test, but I won a case last year, Shirtliff versus City of Boston, that overruled the 1971 lemon test that has been used as a wrecking ball, particularly during Christmas, Mm -hmm. to try to eliminate celebrations of Christmas and religious expression. The Supreme Court last year overruled that case with our case. So we set forth this issue and said if they don't uh, respond quickly, uh, they will face legal consequences. And Matt, this is why it's important. It's critical for individuals to speak up. I mean, one employer or so getting this and, and saying, you know, putting it out there, it's because of their objection that the Liberty Council learned about this and, and got engaged with this. But, but, but uh, it is critical for individuals to speak up. It's very critical for individuals to speak up. If someone didn't speak up with regards to this issue, then this absurd unconstitutional directive would become the policy and, frankly, the law for all the city employees. But because people spoke up, we pushed back, and we got this changed within 24 hours. So this is a good lesson as we're moving into Christmas or any other kind of issue where our constitutional rights are trampled upon or threatened by government officials. We need to make a stand, and we can make a difference. Indeed. And Matt, if our listeners find this going on in their community, their school, whatever it may be, Uh, you're ready to represent them at Liberty Council. Absolutely. We do this at no cost. You can go to Liberty Council's website, lc.org. That's lc.org. And we also have additional information regarding Christmas at lc.org forward slash Christmas. Just forward slash Christmas. We'll have a whole series of information there for you to use. Okay, lc.org forward slash Christmas. And friends, if uh, due to Internet access you're not able to log on, you can reach out to Liberty Council 407 875 1776. Matt, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Jim. Good to be with you. And uh, that was Matt Staver from Liberty Council as we spoke with him late yesterday afternoon about Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. This coming out just uh, early this afternoon from foxnews.com. City officials in the birthplace of Jesus Christ are tearing down Christmas decorations in solidarity with Palestinians amid Israel's continued uh, move into Gaza. Bethlehem, an ancient city located in the West Bank, declared via social media and official spokespeople that decorations installed in various uh, in previous years are being removed amid the conflict between Israel and Hamas. Uh, the reason is the general situation in, in, in Palestine. People are not really into any celebration, they say. They are sad, angry, and upset. Our people in Gaza are being massacred and killed in cold blood, the spokesman said, according to the outlet. Well, despite the significance of Bethlehem to Christians and its highly religious tourism from the faithful during this uh, season, the city is majority Muslim. Many Christians, they report, have chosen to flee the area due to persecution and religious harassment. Isn't that something? Not the first time such threat of life has been in Bethlehem.
Also, uh, news just came out uh, moments ago here as well that uh, Rosalind Carter has been placed in hospice. And uh, that uh, news just came coming out from the Carter uh, family here just a little while ago. The uh, 96-year-old is at home with former President Jimmy Carter, now 99. The Carter family said through the statement that they're grateful for the outpouring of love and support. And I would encourage you to uh, keep the Carter family in your prayers. As we continue on with our news roundup today, House Speaker Mike Johnson said that the impeachment inquiry against President Joe Biden has advanced to a stage in which witnesses should be placed under oath. The Speaker released a statement Wednesday that he had just received an update from the Oversight Chairman James Comer, who's leading the endeavor. And uh, at this stage, our impeachment inquiry has already shown the corrupt conduct of the president's family, he said, and that he and White House officials have repeatedly lied about his knowledge and involvement in his family's business activities, Johnson stated. He, it also has exposed the tens of millions of dollars from foreign adversaries being paid to shell companies controlled by the president's son, brother, and their business associates, he added. Now the appropriate step is to place key witnesses under oath and question them under the penalty of perjury to fill gaps in the record. From LifeNews.com, court records reveal an Idaho woman and her son have been charged with kidnapping after prosecutors say they took the son's minor girlfriend out of state to get an abortion, to kill her preborn baby. According to the court documents, the girl said she was happy when she found out she was pregnant, but her boyfriend was not, warning that he would not pay for child support and that he would end their relationship. The boyfriend's mother later demanded the girl not to tell her parents and threatened to kick her out of their home if she did, according to Associated Press. Stanton Public Policy Center says the deeply troubling case demonstrates the danger in criminality of abortion trafficking, forced and coerced abortions, protecting predators and rapists and the abortion abuse. Stanton Public Policy Center is currently working with local Idaho uh, Idaho law enforcement and state and uh, federal legislators to address the alarming rise of abortion abuse. Brandy Swindell, the founder and CEO of Stanton Healthcare, states that statistical evidence clearly shows unwanted and forced abortions are an epidemic in our nation. The Lozier Institute conducted a survey of more than 1,000 American women between the ages of 41 and 45, included over 200 women who acknowledged having had abortions. The results concluded nearly 70% of the women who had abortions described them as being coerced, pressured, or inconsistent with their own values and preferences. Abortion on demand has created an undue burden on women who often are pressurized into unwanted and forced abortions. This occurs most often by someone they trust, which is typical of other forms of abuse. LifeNews.com also reporting, fresh from a victory in Ohio, radical abortion activists are setting their sights now on the state of Nebraska as the next state for a ballot initiative that would legalize abortion up to birth. ACLU and Planned Parenthood, along with other leftist groups, are behind the measure that would appear on the 2024 ballot. ACLU has already put $25,000 toward this campaign. Hey, there's some good news. Yeah, good news coming out of the American Medical Association of all places. The AMA upheld their opposition to assisted suicide and against euthanasia. This was a huge win as AMA delegates voted down the attempt to change the code of ethics to support or become neutral on assisted suicide. And they voted down the attempt to change terminology from assisted suicide to medical aid in dying. Good news uh, on that uh, the delegates there at the AMA. Friends, we've got more stories after the break, so don't go away. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Entertainment has become the draw to build churches and youth groups. Meanwhile, sound biblical teaching has fallen off the cliff. To many, it's all about numbers and little about the Bible. Play the Flute, a powerful DVD, addresses this issue head on. Play the Flute tells the story of one youth leader who would not give up 
who would not surrender to the apathy taking over his new youth group. The Lord Jesus is looking for followers who realize that they are sinners and need a savior. These are his terms, and I can't change them. From Rich Cristiano comes Play the Flute, a powerful story on DVD available from VCY America for a donation of $18 or more. Call 1-800-729-9829. Friends, do you get the idea that we're living in troublesome times? Uh, I believe we are. Perilous times, uh, we see that referred to in scriptures itself, hard to bear times, and we see the uh, list of uh, what Paul wrote to Timothy concerning, and indeed, these are troublesome times, perilous times. And, uh, you know, the end result of all of this is that uh, we need to recognize that evil men, seducers, they're going to wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But then Paul told Timothy to preach the word, you know, to be instant in season and out of season, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and, and doctrine. Friends, we need to do that. We need to proclaim the word of God. We need to be salt. We need to be light in this world in which we live today. Yeah, there's lots of troublesome news. We want to be understanding of the times that we live. And I trust that when we do these news roundup programs, that it, it doesn't cause us to wring our hands, but it, it encourages us to, to, to report for duty to be salt and light, uh, to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ. We're going to continue on with some of our news stories here today. This from the Daily Caller, a woman who threatened to kill a federal judge who put a halt on access to abortion pills, arrested and charged Wednesday, according to the Associated Press. The woman, Alice Marie Pence, allegedly called the office of a federal judge who is not named in the court records in Amarillo, Texas, in March, and threatened to kill him, according to the AP. She was arrested by police, charged in court with transmitting a threatening interstate communication and influencing a federal official by threat. She's scheduled for a hearing in Dallas on November 22nd. Well, friends, uh, Speaker Mike Johnson has been coming under a lot of attack because of his Christian faith. A matter of fact, he's been taking flack from corporate media outlets, uh, having used an accountability software. This is from the Christian Post. Because he uses an accountability software to prevent himself and his teenage son from watching pornography. He's a member of Cypress Baptist Church, Benton, Louisiana, and he explained to members of the congregation in 2022 during a panel about technology that both he and his teenage son at a time are using, were using Covenant Eyes. That's a subscription-based software that can be downloaded on computers and mobile devices to monitor websites and alert an accountability partner to any questionable content, and it sends a report to your, uh, to your accountability partner. And he mentioned his son uh, was his accountability partner. And uh, you know how Rolling Stone magazine took this? They wrote about the, uh, this clip, and they titled it, Mike Johnson Admits He and His Son Monitor Each Other's Porn Intake. Isn't that crazy? It's an attack on his Christian faith. They suggested that his use of accountability software with his son was, in, in their words, creepy. Other outlets followed suit. The New Republic suggested that Johnson has unusual porn habits. How do you like that for a headline? Oh, folks, he's keeping himself from succumbing to it. Well, not only that, but he was also recently uh, uh, grilled about his praying. Uh, we aired a prayer that he had just uh, the other day when they had the pro-Israel rally. Uh, he had prayer in the uh, House of Representatives right after he was named a speaker. He's not shied away from letting his Christian faith be a beacon on Capitol Hill, reports CBN. And this week, he proclaimed on national television that everybody's vibrant expression of faith is needed because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. Well, he made the statement on CNBC's Squawk Box when he was asked about his decision to pray on the floor of the House after being sworn in as Speaker. Listen to his response. I think it was the first day that uh, you had been uh, sworn in. It appeared uh, that you had, were praying uh, on the floor uh, of Congress with a number of other uh, congressmen. And there is a question about the separation of, of church and state. Uh, we often talk on this show about uh, folks, uh, about whether religion should play a role uh, inside a company, whether people should be allowed to, to pray 
inside a company. There's one thing to, to pray outside and to, and to have your faith, and, and, and there's a great importance in that. But how do you think about that, and how do you think about the public perception of that? Listen, faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition, is a big part of what it means to be an American. When the founders set this system up, they wanted a vibrant expression of faith in the public square because they believed that uh, a general moral consensus and virtue was necessary to maintain this grand experiment in self-governance that we created, a government of, by, and for the people. We don't have a king in charge. We don't have a middleman. So we've got to keep morality amongst us so that we have accountability. And so they, they wanted faith to be a big part of that. The, the separation of church and state is a, is a misnomer. People misunderstand. Standard. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. And what he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church, not that they didn't want principles of faith to have influence on our public life. It's exactly the opposite. Washington said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And John Adams came next and he said, our Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. They knew that it would be important to maintain our system. System. And that's why I think we need more of that. Not an establishment of any national religion, but we need everybody's vibrant expression of faith because it's such an important part of who we are as a nation. And friends, can I encourage you to be praying for Speaker Mike Johnson? Be praying for him. He's been vibrant about his Christian testimony. But, you know, friends, pray for each of your leaders, whether there's an R or a D behind their name. Scripture exhorts us to pray for, uh, for our, our leaders, those who are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Well, coming to us from the Western Journal, the House Homeland Security Committee released a report Monday finding that the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas' policies wasted taxpayer dollars to support illegal immigration, according to a copy of the report obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. His policies cost U.S. taxpayers $451 billion, according to the copy of the report that cited data from the Center for Immigration Studies. Some major costs the committee pointed out to are health care, uh, law enforcement, education, welfare, housing, care of unaccompanied children, transportation, damage to private property. Republican Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene filed a, an impeachment resolution against Mayorkas Thursday, yesterday, for high crimes and misdemeanors in connection with the handling of illegal immigration in the United States. A matter of fact, when, when he was being grilled by Marjorie Taylor Greene at the uh, 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 before their House hearing this past Wednesday, uh, she told him his days are numbered as far as it relates to his uh, serving as Secretary of Homeland Security. Here's what happened. Secretary Mayorkas, I want you to look at these innocent Americans. Do you see them? I do, Congresswoman. They are dead. They're from Dalton, Georgia, in my district. They're dead because a 17-year-old, likely affiliated with the cartels, was smuggling illegal aliens into our country in Texas, breaking our laws. And this happens every single day in our country. Earlier this week, eight Republicans joined the Democrats and protected your job. But I want you to know, you have a short time coming. You can honorably resign or we are going to impeach you. And it's happening very very soon. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, House uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan on Thursday, this from Just the News, served Bank of America with a subpoena seeking information related to the firm's voluntary sharing of customer data with the FBI to aid in the FBI's January 6 investigations. The committee further stated that it had identified documents suggesting that the FBI sought to explore a litany of financial transactions from the data, including prior firearm purchases. House GOP investigators in May launched a probe into the bank's voluntary providing private consumer data to the FBI after reports made the move public. Well, friends, with all the trouble that's going on in this nation and our turning our back on God, New Jersey taking it a step further, removing so help me God from their oath. From Todd Starnes, elected officials in New Jersey will no longer have to swear an oath to Almighty God. The state agreed to amend its traditional oath of office after a Wisconsin-based atheist group filed a lawsuit. James Tassone, he plans to run for Congress in 2024 as a libertarian, but as a non-theist, 
He said he cannot sign part of a petition required for candidates who run for office, so help me God. Well, as a result, the Division of Elections will not allow him to verify his candidacy forms with a secular affirmation. And uh, it's an egregious violation of uh, freedom of conscience uh, to our Constitution, said the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Well, the state surrendered almost immediately after being served papers. A memorandum was sent to all New Jersey clerks with guidance on secular affirmations. Todd Starnes also reporting Target has promoted Eric Thompson's to senior LGBTQIA plus strategist and pride lead, according to a Libs of TikTok post on X and Thompson's LinkedIn profile. In his new role overseeing Target's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, intersex, queer, questioning intersex and asexual marketing, Thompson says he plans to flip the script and rewrite the narrative of CPG consumer package goods, that is, retail industries to better serve all all segments thoughtfully and authentically cater to all guests, all humans, and all hearts who enter our stores and across the nation. Well, in the spring, Target moved to appease conservative groups that were outraged over their Pride Month collection to include tuck-friendly bathing suits for boys. And we've reported on a previous crosstalk here, folks, that, that Target came out with this wide range of, of Pride-themed items for the Christmas season. Uh, all kinds of decorations with Pride theme uh, going throughout it. And uh, due to uh, a caller who contacted us, uh, or a writer after that program, we found out Walmart is doing the same. Target's the most extensive. We're seeing a few items on the Walmart website, like a Gay Pride Santa and S'mores Gay Pride Christmas ornaments and Oh Dear, I'm Queer Rainbow Pride Gay Lesbian ornaments uh, and other things as well. And not only Walmart, but Kohl's has a couple items on theirs for Christmas as well. A three-inch faceted Love Wins Pride Heart Christmas ornament with European crystals and a Love is Love photo Christmas ornament as well. Retailers uh, just uh, mocking, mocking uh, Christianity with their Pride merchandise. According to the Human Rights Campaign, President Biden nominated his 10th LGBTQ plus federal bench nominee. He nominated Nicole Berner to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. Berner is a lesbian, has served as the general counsel for the Service Employees International Union since 2017, has worked to defend labor rights, the Affordable Care Act, LGBTQ plus rights, and voting rights, has worked for Planned Parenthood, a Federation of America, and serves on the board of directors of the National Partnership for Women and Families. If sworn in, she will be the first openly LGBTQ plus judge on the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. And uh, friends, a brand new children's book is promoting the false notion that men can give birth to babies, reports Todd Starnes. In My Daddy's Belly, written by Logan Brown, a woman who thinks she is a man, he says. And uh, quotes her saying, it took me ages to get to this point of being confident of who I am and being a pregnant man. I spent so much time feeling shame about being pregnant as a man and something clicked and I thought, no, I'm going to own this. I'm a pregnant man and we're going to do what we're doing. And uh, those of you who have the tradition of watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Western Journal reporting Americans looking forward to this holiday are getting a rude awakening from this year's parade in Manhattan. It's going to showcase uh, uh, some musical bands and so forth, and the transgender agenda will be taking center stage. Breitbart News reported last week that uh, non-binary actors from two Broadway, uh, Broadway shows, Juliet and Shucked, will be part of the parade festivities. And uh, also being reported during um, uh, gender uh, surgery industry in the U.S. expected to grow to $5 billion by 2030. Many states are giving the industry tens of millions in taxpayer dollars to reimburse hospitals for harmful puberty blockers, hormone treatments, and mutilating surgeries administered on children. Researchers at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, reviewed by Medicaid policies for all 50 states, found that at least 25 states were using taxpayer money to cover gender surgeries in February of 21, and as of November of 23, at least 26 states allow their Medicaid insurance programs for low-income families to cover medically mutilating surgeries on minors. Friends, we'll be back in one minute. If you'd like to comment on these or other current event stories, let's open our lines, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. UNRWA, which is a United Nations program, is in Gaza. 
And there has been a detailed report put out by Impact SE. And what it reveals is that the United Nations is funding supplementary curriculum in the Gaza to train young people to become martyrs, to be involved in jihad, to hate the Jews. Sadly, America, well, we're the ones that host the United Nations in New York, and we pay an awful lot of money to the United Nations. So indirectly, we, the American taxpayers, and as Christians, are paying and helping pay for curriculum in Gaza by the UN to train and create more Islamic jihadists. It's time the Americans demand the United Nations be kicked out of America. You know, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we wonder, how can I make a difference? Uh, can I do anything? And, and so often you've heard people like Bill Federer and Tom DeWeese talk about local, 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 and making a difference in that regard. And so many egregious things have happened at school systems. And uh, we find uh, LifeSite News telling us that a Ohio school board that faced strong backlash from students, parents, and community members over its transgender bathroom policy now under new leadership a very contentious election, but saw members that who had presided over the policy ousted in favor of candidates who promised change. Uh, this even includes a brand new uh, uh, school board uh, chairman, I understand as well, a new board president and, and other people taking their position and uh, one saying that the victory belongs to God for whom I ran in the first place. Interesting story there indeed. Well, friends, uh, let's uh, go to the phone lines here today on Crosstalk, 800-733-9829. And uh, let's go to Dave in Phoenix, Arizona. Dave, you're on the air. Uh, Yes, Jim. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate your uh, uh, program. I listen to it quite often. Uh, But I just wanted to make another comment on the uh, Christmas issue. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, controversy with that. And uh, what I have to say here is that calendars, this is actually from my Bible. It's a Nelson Bible um, that was published uh, in the King James Version. And it just says calendars were not established as today as the precise precise date of his birth. Mm -hmm. So the precise date of uh, Yeshua's birth was not recorded, but... By the 5th century, the church, the church, had concerned itself sufficiently to have set December 25th as the date of his birth. This date had been the festival of the sun god Mithra. Mm -hmm. That's all I got to say. Okay. Dave, I I don't worship a date. I, I praise God for the Savior who was born. The Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And uh, it is it is not uh, a date, it's not a man in a red suit, but I celebrate a Savior that has come. Praise God. Uh, we've got Jim next in Wisconsin. You're on the air. Yes, I was uh, hearing you speak about uh, Speaker Johnson and his uh, questioning, that whoever was questioning him about him praying in the House chambers, whether there's supposed to be a separation of church and state and all that. And I wonder if that same questioner would think about uh, the Muslims' call to prayer in the middle of our cities. Uh, who's making that decision that they can do that? Yeah, isn't that government? Yeah, it is government. It is government that gives that permission. Yep. Yep. So don't be ashamed. Thank you, Speaker Johnson. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for the caller. Number eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. Anderson, yeah. Indiana. Holly, you're on the air. Hi. I uh, was wanting to comment on the LGBTQ and whatever agenda. I just wonder, personally, if they're trying to desensitize us from it all together and make a nation where there is no male or female, and that's all I... I'll take it off air. Thank you. Well, yeah, there is, this really is a friend against God. I mean, we see in Scripture, God created male and female, and even Jesus referred to that when he was questioned on marriage. He said, hey, haven't you heard, you know, that from the beginning God created them male and female? So it, it very much is an affront against God in that regard and rejecting rejecting his uh, created order in that regard and uh, rejecting whether it be that of marriage, which God established, or male and female that God established as well. Uh, it's all right there. Robert and Glendale, you're on the air. 
Well, good afternoon, Brother Jim. Hey, again, thank you so much for uh, keeping us updated on current events, although the majority of them are just pathetic. But uh, it's good to know about these things. Uh, the thing I, I really want to highlight is that uh, we're the only nation in the world that gives honor in the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to say, I don't, I don't worship the date, nor do I worship the person that parades around as Santa Claus, you know. But I'm very thankful that at least one day of the year, uh, collectively in our nation, we are honoring his birth. Because without his birth, there would be no crucifixion, there would be no death. And there would be no resurrection, and there would be no salvation. So, hallelujah to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Diana in Tucson, Arizona, you're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to make a comment uh, that the reason why we're in the mess we is are because a lot of us parents, grandparents, uh, great-grandparents, whatever, we trusted the government that they were doing the right thing in teaching our children and what they did is ruin them, and we should have been more proactive in getting involved in the school and, you know, giving our voice. We still can. And I have promoted about the Good News Club. Well, that's another way. Parents, get into the Good News Club. Start one at your schools. Counter the garbage that's being forced on our children. And I want to share the good news that we are going to start one at my school, and I volunteered to start one. Wonderful. So praise God. Wonderful. That is, that's tremendous, Diana. And reaching boys and girls with the gospel of Jesus Christ, so very, very critical. Yeah, there's lots of indoctrination that's happening on so many fronts in their lives. It's coming through media, social media, hugely, and, and coming through uh, broadcast. It's coming through all kinds of means to influence them. And uh, uh, praise the Lord for your starting a Good News Club. Folks, you can check it out with CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship. Look it up, and you can get engaged in your school. One final call in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Scott, you're on the air. Yeah, I was wanted to comment about Mike Johnson, about how he's for, uh, you know, he's representing the faith right now in America. But uh, if this next election doesn't go well, like uh, the way that, the Democrats want to heal the wound of America, you know, with the oppressed or oppressed ideology. Uh, the recover, the way the the wound will be healed, like the head of the beast in Revelation 13, will be, uh, uh, you know, the Antichrist. And uh, so, the, hopefully, we can get this election to turn out in con- conservative favor. That's all I got. Okay, thank you very much, and. Uh... Certainly, uh, elections have consequences, and we, we see the outcome that comes. Uh, but we also recognize the stewardship of the vote that each of us have in such a time as this. So uh, you've got to vote in, in the elections, and I, I believe it is very much a stewardship. And that's why we encourage listeners to be informed and to cast a prayerful vote. But keep in mind, the most important issue in life is not who occupies the White House, but who occupies your heart. And I trust that you have placed your trust in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Our time has gone here today on Crosstalk. We thank you for joining us today and all this week on the program. The Lord's Day is coming. May you be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.